Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Being a modern media business is complicated. Maintaining a functional editorial calendar is hard. Wrangling writers and editors, copy edits and social, all on deadline can get messy fast. Believe me, it's hard. Most collaboration tools aren't made for creatives and creative projects, but Airtable is. Airtable makes it easy to organize stuff, people, ideas, anything you can imagine. That's why leading creative teams at places like BuzzFeed Studios, Group 9 Media, and Time all use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule and let creative people be creative. Visit Airtable.com slash Digiday today to get $50 in free credits. Thank you, Airtable. Hello and welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Brian Morrissey. This week, I am joined by Omar Raja. Omar is the founder of House of Highlights. It is an Instagram account that curates the best highlights from sports, primarily the NBA. House of Highlights has over 8 million followers and does a mind-boggling 700 million video views a month. The account is also a bit of a cultural sensation. It is followed by celebrities like Snoop Dogg, LeBron James, and more. Um, In 2016, House of Highlights was acquired by Bleacher Report. Omar joined us to talk about how the account came about, how it became a cultural sensation, and what it says about how people consume content these days. Omar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. Okay, so a lot of people probably a lot of people are familiar with House of Highlights, but um, some others are, and I think it's one of the most interesting digital media properties out there right now. So, some numbers. 8 million followers, 700 million odd, 718 million video views in December. 118 million. Um, unbelievable growth. I- explain how House of Highlights got started. So, in 2014, I was really depressed because I was a Miami Heat fan and LeBron left the Heat. And um, and where were you? I was in Orlando. I was either in Orlando or Miami. It was a mix because it was a summer summer break. So I went to UCF. So you were in college? Yes. Yes. I was so, 20 years old. Okay. Um, and kind of when, when that happens, you go to YouTube and you try to find old videos of LeBron, Wade, and, and Chris Bosh in those big three Heat days. And... Um, there weren't moments, like there were moments kind of throughout those four years that me and my friends would text about, right? It would be funny moments between LeBron and Wade on the bench. It would be funny moments between Chris Bosh and the whole Heat crew and Mario Chalmers. And those moments weren't anywhere to be found on YouTube. So I'm sad. I'm trying to look for these moments to laugh at them and they aren't anywhere. So I said, there's gotta be some place. And I was texting some friends and I was trying to find a spot where there weren't these traditional highlights, right? So I think every it's easy to find that LeBron dunk, but you can't find that LeBron meme. And um, I spent the next few weeks looking for a spot that had those videos and, and nowhere, nobody had it and said, I was using Instagram at the time. I said, why not just go ahead and create this account? And I started the account and it kind of took off from there. Okay, so you're in college, you start mm-hmm. this and you're just, you're posting clips, you're ripping them off YouTube and you're... Not, not at first. So I think at first, since it was... August, um, there wasn't any NBA going on. So at, at first I kind of started with just general videos that I found on the internet. So I think at that time there was, um, a lot of popularity with B dot a dot who was an NBA impersonator. So he would impersonate James Harden, LeBron oh, James. Yeah. Um, and those videos kind of took off. So it would kind of be those videos, those viral videos going around that time. Um, and then when the season started, I think, uh, um, yeah, then, then you kind of went in that direction and you kind of tried 
making some jokes here and there like mm-hmm. I was in a room with your friends. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to get to that because I think that's a unique um unique part of this is is actually the captioning mm-hmm. sort of it's not just the clip it's yeah the captioning. you're very good at that thank you um so uh explain to me what was the inflection point i mean where do you go from from starting this at college to to eight million was there like an inflection point no i mean it kind of just keeps building up every single day right it's it's i think the first few months you only had maybe a few 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 followers. And then I think by December, it was becoming a lot bigger than that. And I think um, it had 200,000 followers. And I think at that point, you're, you're telling yourself, like, when is this going to slow down? And it just never slows down. There's never, there was never a big moment. It just kept growing. Okay. Was there a moment, because I think one of the unique parts about it is that NBA players, um, hip hop stars, like they're all like conversing in the comments mm-hmm. and stuff. Even, um, even today, there was uh, Stephen Adams um, ended up kicking Bradley Beal, right? So I, I, you had a good caption on that one. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate it because we all felt and, that. And it was, so the male, yeah, audience yeah. among us. So when I when I woke up and I checked the Bleacher Report app and I got a notification and it was, oh, like Draymond Green responds to Stephen Adams' kick, and I'm like, where did he respond to this, right? Because I was up, and I was waiting for the post-game interviews, and there was nothing. So then I click on it, and it's a House of Highlights comment. So Draymond Green commented on the House of Highlights clip and said, that looks that doesn't look uh, inadvertent to me. That looks intentional. Right. And, and that's making news right now. Okay. So wh- when did that cross over? Because I think, look, a lot of people put up big numbers. A year um, and a half co- ago. They, they come to our podcast, and they... And they, and they they say, oh, we're doing, you know, 8 mm-hmm. trillion video views and stuff like this. But I always wonder whether they have real cultural resonance, right? Yeah. And, you know, the fact that uh, Joel Embiid and, and LeBron and Wade and all these people are actually, you know, in there. W- was there was there one who led the way? Was it LeBron? He always leads the way. No, well, there was, the, the first big follow was like Snoop Dogg. And I remember I was so excited. I was jumping around. I even called my dad and I was like, dad, do you know who Snoop Dogg is? He said, of course. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, well, he just followed House of Highlights. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. Um, so that was like only three, four months in when, when the account started. But the first, when, when LeBron. And you have no idea. He just found it. It's he, just, I have no idea. Probably the Explorer page at the time. Okay. Um, and, or maybe a friend tagged him. I think that's how like a lot of this community was kind of built is um, one friend tags another friend who tags another friend who tags another friend. Um, so it could have been a combination of that. And I know all the NBA players have been, uh, they messaged house highlights clips to each other too. Yeah. Um, so I think I think when LeBron and, and kind of the, the, the big A-list celebrity started commenting, it was probably about a year and a half ago. And, and LeBron was definitely one of the first ones. Okay, so when did you decide, I mean, you were in college at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start to think, hey, this is this could actually be something more than just you know something that's kind of cool? So a year after I started, it, it was when I was driving back to school, um, and it was my final year of, of college. So I was saying to myself, like, what am I going to do next? And I was like, you know, I have this page. I wonder if if I apply to Bleacher Report, they would hire me. You know, okay. like maybe I could help run their social. I was never thinking that it would be an acquisition or anything like that. I was hoping that House of Highlights would just be a, a, like a stamp on my resume that'd be like, oh, okay, he's actually pretty good yeah. at this. This shows I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so I mean, I never, I didn't really realize until um, I got that email in July uh, of 2015 that they're interested. And how many how many followers did at it that have? point it, it only probably had eight hundred thousand seven hundred thousand. That's interesting. Okay, so Bleacher bought it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, they acquired it. Yeah, 
and 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 you went over there and then did did that help spur the growth oh of course i think the first two months after i joined bleacher report was like some of the best growth we've ever had like i was outgrowing selena gomez at one time which was just unheard of at that point right but it wasn't like buying the follower because it's not like then it wasn't like rebranded as like you know Bleacher Report. No, I, I think I just had so much House access to so many different <laughs> resources, right? So, um, and then also now, like Bleacher Report has a highlight team, right? So instead of me recording what's on my screen or um, just watching one game at a time, now I have access to not only League Pass, but we also have like other things that we can watch ten games at once. And it, I'm it glad make, Bleacher got you League Pass. Yeah, I think that's yeah, the least they the, could do. I appreciate Bleacher Report <laughs> for hooking it up. Um, so. When you have access and you also have, you know, smart people around you and you can kind of bounce ideas off one another. And I, I took a lot more risks those first few months and it, they paid off. How how has it changed? Um, you know, the account. I mean, have has it evolved? Is it oh, different yeah. from like the earlier days? For like, you sure. Know, like you watch like an early Seinfeld episode. It's totally different. For from sure. So <laughs> I, I actually was looking back at every single post. It took like three months. I looked at every single house of highlight. There's 8,000 posts. I looked at every single post I've ever done. So in the beginning, like... Um, posts that did well were a lot of those like weightlifting clips and you know these amazing stunts and I think now the evolution has been it's more about being funny yeah um, so in the beginning it's funny like when you were talking about the Seinfeld stuff, Seinfeld stuff I was like you're like what how in the hell was this good back in the day <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know like how is this funny but now you kind of look at it now I, I kind of think that it's just at a whole nother level now and it's a lot more about comedy than it was about actually like performance so explain that like what makes like a house of highlights um post because there's a lot there's a lot of Mm -hmm. highlights out there right and Mm -hmm. and i want to get into how watching sports is totally different there's you could argue well it's very commoditized who isn't going to have um stephen adams you know uh you know uh kicking someone in the groin Absolutely. So it can be anything, right? I think traditionally the, the most common way is like, oh, okay, LeBron dunks it, and, and that's a highlight post. But I kind of go in different directions, right? So the Saints players hand out airheads after a touchdown. That's a clip. Yeah. Um, so uh, when you're watching that game, because I was watching that game, yeah. and like you see, uh, was it Alvin Kamara, I yeah. believe it was, who was, who was ha- handing out airheads, and I didn't actually know what he was doing. I was like, is he handing out like lottery tickets? Yeah. I don't even yeah. know what they are. You're like, that's... That's a clip. That's a clip. That's a relatable, fu- funny moment. So I think one of the things that I, I try to make sure to hit is athletes are just like us. They're relatable. Um, and, and that's stuff that resonates a lot better than the LeBron dunk. Like oftentimes when we look at what, what video got the most amount of views, it's not just LeBron dunk the ball. Like that you will get, you know, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5. Um, the videos that get 2 million plus are these funny, relatable moments or Kelly Oubre staring down the Pistons bench. Like it, right. it's not necessarily, or the Alvin Kamara thing. Um, it's not necessarily, or Russell Westbrook freestyling on his Snapchat, you know? Like yeah. it's not them dunking. It's them having a personality. Who, who is the most reliable high performer among i mean i want to get it's very it's definitely an nba player but like is it is it russell westbrook it is russell westbrook okay. not even close i thought so yeah like that shirt he wore yesterday yeah and then and then post game <laughs> there's, there's holes all over and, it if and his post game interviews are also classic too right <laughs> yeah. so he and then he's a little intense yeah and then and then he also has a personality off right. the court right with fashion and just being funny overall um so it's very nba heavy Mm -hmm. right and the nba is at this very interesting point right now where i mean i think of it as most by far the most modern of the sports leagues like the the nfl might be bigger and all this stuff but 
the NBA is the most culturally resonant for so many different reasons. And House of Highlights is, is probably like almost like 75% it feels like NBA. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. So explain why it fits so well with what the NBA is right now. So I, I think kind of the, the big difference between the NBA and, and the NFL players is like the NBA players actually have personalities and they're people that people care about the athletes, right? In the NFL, like I might be walking past a, a few NFL athletes and I, I have no idea that I just walk past them, but every NBA athlete kind of stands out on their own and they have their own personality. And, um, well, they're like seven feet tall too. Yeah. 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 So I guess if LeBron walked <laughs> past us, we, yeah. we would know that it's LeBron James, but, but when you kind of look at someone like LeBron, right, he, he has, there's a lot of different layers to him, right? He's all a great basketball player. Um, he also stands up for social issues. He also has an amazing personality. Like if you followed LeBron James on Instagram this summer, you would think he's like the funniest person in the world and you would want to hang out with him. Right. Um, I mean, they're brands. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest thing they've got going for them is relatability. And like kind of what house of highlights has been rooted off of is relatability more than anything. Mm -hmm. But you add in other sports. It's not an NBA mm -hmm. account. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously being part of bleacher, um, with rights, you can post more NBA stuff than, than other leagues. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, but it seems like, you know, as far as, the point of view of House of Highlights, it's much more aligned with, with the NBA, NBA versus the other leagues. Yeah. I think NBA clips outperform any other league by far. And it's, it's been that way since the jump. Okay. And do you see an opportunity to sort of replicate that for other leagues? Like I'm also thinking about like, you know, when you think globally, um, you know, soccer is Yeah, the Champions obvious. League. I mean, we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm super excited about getting champions league rights in August. Um, and the, the interesting thing with soccer too, is like, that's probably the biggest sport on Instagram if we're being real. Yeah. Um, so, and there's so much crossover with just NBA and soccer in general, right? Those guys hang out with one another. They all hang out in LA. Um, and what's funny is like that, all those clips also, we just don't have rights yet. So we, we don't see it as much, but, um, like when we, mm -hmm. we did, um, some UGC of Neymar and it, the, the performance on it was just insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, look at Ronaldo. I don't know how many. He, he's probably has, has a bigger account than you. Yeah, you he, do. He, he does <laughs> just by a little bit. You're like coming barely, up to yeah, yeah. Um, He has like 120 million followers on Instagram. Who all, And he also follows House of Highlights. Oh, my God. Yeah. 120 million? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That was bigger than I thought. Yeah. Do those guys follow, follow House of Highlights? Uh, Neymar follows House of Highlights. Ronaldo <laughs> follows House of Highlights. Paul Pogba follows House of Highlights. Um, there's a Marcelo Vieira falls house, house, okay. house, house highlights. So we're coming up on, um, NBA all-star weekend. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you have planned for it? Do you have stuff specifically? Cause I mean, there's going to be so much going on around, I mean, let's face it, the game itself. They're trying to make it interesting with this choosing sides. Thing, yeah. But you don't think it's interesting. I no, but I mean, I, I think the NBA, the all-star game, all-star games by their nature kind of mm -hmm. suck. Um, you know, the NBA's all-star game, I mean, I'm old enough to remember some pretty bad all-star games. So so what's interesting is actually, like, I know there's this narrative. I mean, I like a game that's 165 to 160, well, but... I'll tell you why I like it, because it's, okay. it's 50 highlights in one day. Like, <laughs> okay. right? Like, so that's... You're that, looking at Sunday it for business. Is, Sunday is my busiest <laughs> night, because every minute there's a clip that you need to cut. And you would think that there would be fatigue over it, and then people are like, all right, we get it, the Russell Westbrook and Duncan during the all-star game, but... You'd be surprised. I mean, last year there was like a bunch of different narratives, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo dunked on Steph Curry. Um, 
Kevin Durant had the alley pass to Russell Westbrook, and mm-hmm. then that was a moment. And then what happened is when they went to, they went to the bench, and those guys all celebrated because yeah. it's like an awkward elephant in the room moment. So there's there's different narratives and storylines during the game that I, I want to take advantage of. Like when we have LeBron, Team LeBron, like Russell Westbrook and KD are on the same team again, and then you have LeBron and Kyrie on the same team again. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how, the, how those storylines kind of play out. Yeah, and and. The NBA as soap opera. I think Dave Finocchio was talking about this. Uh, the CEO of, of Bleacher on on another podcast uh, recently on on Peter Kafka's podcast. Um, how much does that help? I mean, do you try to play into that? For sure. I mean, when we kind of talk about being funny, like it's it's playing off of those jokes um, that happen, like when Chris Paul and visits Los Angeles and they sneak into the locker room and they almost, you know, get into yeah. something with the Rockets, right? It's like ridiculous. It, it's, it's kind of like you're telling yourself, like, I can't believe this is really happening. So, um, you know, when, once that happens, you want to make a joke about it. So, you know, the next post can be, you know, uh, Chris Paul takes a secret passageway to get the dunk, right? And you can just play off of moments like that mm-hmm. and, and be funny and, and kind of take yeah. advantage of. So the explain, explain the captioning strategy. I'm, I'm trying to think about how to describe it to, to listeners, but I mean, a lot of it is sort of like in the know kind of stuff that I, I assume I'm 45. So it's, it's, it's some of the stuff I don't actually get, but it, it's stuff that it seems like it would be, would be geared particularly to, uh, you know, and a younger uh, audience and under 25. I, audience. So yeah, 53% of our audience is under 24. Um, so the way I kind of view it and I'm 23. Yeah. Like so a typical the, one would be like, Oh, like the feeling that you have when you walk into homeroom and your buddies. Are yeah. There yeah. Or something. So the, the best way to describe it is, is jokes. You would probably text your friend. Okay. Um, so like, um, all the captions are, are meant to be something that you would receive as a text as, as like a video, right? So if there's a cool LeBron dunk, it's not going to be Russell Westbrook dunks the ball. It's going to be like, oh my God, like you need to see this. Or like what happened yesterday was like, I, I'm in pain watching this. Um, so, and then when, when you go in the funny direction, that's just about a relatable moment that everyone kind of goes through, whether it's a relationship, whether it's school, whether it's work that people can read and relate to and, and look at and be like, okay, this is a funny moment. And they share it with a friend who then shares it with another friend who then shares it with another friend. Right now, a quick break. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The content industry is constantly evolving. And to keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. Airtable is modern software. Airtable fields can handle any content you throw at them. Add attachments, long text notes, checkboxes, links to records in other tables, even barcodes. I promise you, even barcodes. Whatever you need to stay organized. That's why when the team at Time Inc. needed a tool to manage their entire creative process from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com slash Digiday to receive $50 in free credits. There are helpful video tutorials to show Airtable in action. Visit the site. So I'm going to risk being the, the old person who talks about how young people uh, you know, consume media, but you know better. So mm-hmm. tell me why something like this is more attractive to a younger audience than say, uh, you know, I grew up with um, waiting for 11 p.m. Uh, sports center. Uh, well, <laughs> to on, get the on, to get the top ten highlights. Yeah, I mean, on demand on demand viewing is is best, right? Because you can do it wherever you are, right? So I think the cool thing about House of Highlights is um, people are constantly checking it every hour, two hours. They they want to be up to date with what's going on. I think that's kind of 
our mentality and the way I've grown up with sports is like, I need to have the Bleacher Report out because I need to get, I need to get everything now. I need to know what's happening now so I can talk to, talk about it with my friends. Um, it's very conversational. It's very much a community. Um, so the, the big thing with that is just pretty much like you want to be a part of the conversation before the conversation is over. Mm-hmm. And why Instagram particularly? Because, I mean, you can post video everywhere. Twitter is gigantic with yep. NBA, but you guys are not really doing much so, on Twitter. So I think when you look at, like, the audience, since 53% of it is under 24, it's, it's younger. And I think younger people really aren't on Twitter as much. And I think when you go to Twitter, it's mainly for news, right? Or when you go to Facebook, it might be for something else. I think with Instagram, it's really for entertainment, right? You go there to be entertained, to find out what's going on, uh, to... To find out what's funny, right? To, to see what everyone else is talking about, the, the memes or, or whatever. So Instagram is, is really the young person's television, in my opinion. Okay. So a lot of people um, who come on this kind of podcast or in mm. you know, the business side of media, that they, they're always kind of worried about algorithms getting between them and their mm. audience and, you know, oh no, Facebook changed this and that. And, um, you know, Instagram has an algorithm. Yep. Um, but it hasn't like uh, hit content creators. I, I don't. Not yet. Not, not yet. Um, is that something that concerns you that like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram and they might, they might say, oh, House of Highlights is posting too much. No, because I, I kind of think about like, so when, when, when we just hit 8 million, like I was kind of thinking about how this all started. Right. And it, it all started because you posted good content and then someone shared that content with a friend who shared it with another friend who shared it with another friend. Um, and I kind of think to myself, like, as long as the content is good, this community will share it with their friends, will share it with other friends, will share it with other friends. And I'm just confident in my ability to, uh, to know good content, to be able to frame good content, and, and to be hopefully in the future to make good content. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't worry too much about if they change their algorithm because I, I, I remember what it was like to have zero followers. Okay. You'll go back if you have uh, to. Build I'm, it all I'm, over I'm, again. We'll do it again. That's not a problem. Okay. So you became... You became kind of, I don't want to say celebrity, but you became known mm-hmm. to the followers. Uh, you know, Omar popped, pops up in the comments all the all time. All the time, yeah. You know, so how did that happen exactly? So about a year ago, Instagram changed the comment section a little bit. So what happened is if I followed you, your comment would show up to all of my followers. Okay. Um, they've changed it a little bit now. So I think now you have to kind of be a celebrity for everyone to see, to, to, to see what's, to see the comment. But, you know, a year ago, it was a little bit different. So I had a friend that um, just naturally commented on, on one of the posts, like, oh, my, that was a really funny caption. And when that, when that happened, everyone was like, who in the hell is Omar? Right. So then people. You're start, very lucky, Omar. Your name's not Dave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> I don't funny. think people. <laughs> people are like, all right. All right, Dave. Um, and then what ended up happening was. I think people, you know, I've, we've done a bunch of PR too. So shout out to Tiger Danger who, do, who does the PR for us. But um, <laughs> Real name, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, so when that happened, I think some people just Googled Omar House of Highlights and a couple articles popped up and then people kind of connected the dots and they started going on with it. Um, and then when my, my one friend just loved the reaction to it. So he said, I'm going to just keep on doing this. So I was like, I was like, please don't. Just, <laughs> just stop. Just stop. He didn't listen, which which was a good thing, I guess. And he kept going on with it. And people started catching on that, okay, Omar is the guy that runs the account. 
Um, and it, this, it started this Omar movement. Even to this day, it's been a year. Like, yeah. If you look at a post when I first posted, there will be like 10, 15 questions. Or, uh, hey, Omar, how was your day? Hey, Omar, what's going on with your life? Hey, Omar, can you wish me happy birthday? And that's been crazy. So do you go to like parties and people are, are you know, the normal thing like, oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I do this thing. And, and is there like this moment of, of, of uh, identification where people realize that you're you're omar yeah yeah and i think even now <laughs> even even without that now like there's a house of highlights hoodie that i used to wear a lot um like whenever i used to go to knicks games i used to wear it and i would get stopped like two three times so i said all right i'm gonna stop wearing this hoodie um but just naturally i think it probably I'd probably get stopped like once a week so you mentioned hoodie let's talk about hoodie mellow really mm-hmm. quickly because i think that is is a good example um, of of House of Highlights and sort of the cultural resonance it has. Explain for those who do not know what, what Hoodie Mellow is. Okay, so in this summer, um, Carmelo Anthony was wearing a hoodie during his workout session. So at first, I just... With I, the I, hood up. With the hood on. Yeah, with yeah. the hood on. And I think at first, I, when I posted those videos, I, I knew Chris Brickley who, who trains Mellow. Um, so when, when I saw these videos, I thought they were just cool videos of Mello at first just working out. And then when I posted the first couple of videos, you would just look at the comment section. They'd be like, Omar, why is he wearing a hoodie? And I'm like, <laughs> like I don't know, man. Let me, let me look into this. Um, so, you know, when, when you talk to Mello about it, he, he kind of talks about it being like, you know, new mentality, new focus. He kind of wanted to just lock in this summer. Um, and then when you kind of see the way the community reacts to Carmelo Anthony wearing the hoodie, you're like, okay, I need to make some jokes off of this. So the first joke you make is, um, if Melo wears the hoodie, he's going to go 82-0. and 0. If Melo wears the hoodie, the Knicks um, are going to win the NBA Finals, right? Or if Melo wears the hoodie, he's definitely winning MVP. Um, so when you when you make all of those jokes, everyone kind of tr- tr- tries to join in on that conversation and... Um, it, it kind of built over and over. I think there was 25. No, there might have been almost 40 posts that entire summer that involved Hoodie Mellow. Because then what ended up happening, there was innovation throughout. It's kind of like storytelling where, yeah, at first he was working out. And then there was a pickup game with LeBron, Durant, um, and Hoodie Mellow. Um, <laughs> and what you would see is like there would be like, oh, Hoodie Mellow drives past LeBron. And he, he smokes LeBron in the dust. Yeah. And everyone's just like, oh, wow, Hoodie Mellow is way better than normal. Mello. It became a meme. Yeah, yeah. And and it got to the point where um, they played even more pickup games with Russell Westbrook and um, Chris Paul and James Harden, and he got traded. And then um, Jordan Brand ended up selling uh, hoodie season uh, hoodies. <laughs> so, so, so a little joke just became a, something that brands use for merchandise. So where do you see this going? I mean, do you look at, like, you know, keeping it on Instagram? Do you look at like being able to expand into like longer form or what? So when we look at the audience, uh, since it's so young, we kind of just want to be where young people are at. So that's why we're we're probably not going to be on Twitter. We just started a YouTube account two, three days ago where we've been live on it. So um, go check it out. House, put your house highlights on YouTube and we haven't even promoted it officially on Instagram. It people on Reddit have already found it. It was like a big upvoted thread. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's already gotten maybe 10,000 subscribers without me even pushing on my Instagram right now. Um, so that one is more of a, more of a, meant to be like a compliment to the Instagram page. Um, so yeah, LeBron had a cool dunk, um, but now we're going to tell you the full story of LeBron's entire game. Um, so it'll be, comp- you know, longer game breakdowns. It'll be longer player mm-hmm. breakdowns. And um, But do you want to go like in the direction of more original content rather than contextualizing and finding those moments i think it's going to be that good mix right so i I think we will start making original content like because when we look at 
the content that performed the best, it wouldn't always be NBA highlights or UGC. It would be um, social comedy by influencers. I think in the future when we, when we make more content, it's going to be based off of um, comedy and, and relatable comedy that, that uses influencers. So that's an interesting one. So I, I always wonder how elastic brands are, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and by that, I mean like, you know, okay, you're known for this intersection of mm-hmm. sports, particularly NBA yep. culture with, you know, the kind of, you know, comedy and like meme culture that, yep. that exists, particularly with younger uh, demographics. How far can that go into like other cultural areas or do you want to make sure that you don't dilute it? So I think, listen, it's always going to be a good balance. We're always going to be rooted in sports. But like this week was a good test. Have you heard of the game Fortnite? No. No. Okay. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm not even a huge gamer as much as I used to be when I was in high school. I was a huge gamer. But there's this game called Fortnite, which is just taken over for, for I played 20... Tecmo Bowl. Uh, <laughs> I have Omar. never played Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> you saw it on YouTube, I, maybe? <laughs> um, so, so this game Fortnite, it, it's, it's a game that's kind of taken over right now. This past month, it's like... It's a free game on Xbox and PlayStation and, and computer and PC, and it, it's it's everywhere, right? Every every big Instagram page is kind of touched on it, but even on with, without it, it's it's probably the biggest game on Twitch and, and on YouTube gaming. Um, so I, I said I'm gonna shoot shoot my shot, and on Tuesday or Wednesday I posted this like funny Fortnite clip, and I didn't really know what was going on, but I I just felt like it was funny and, and it was a good interaction between friends, and that video got almost two and a half million video views. Um, and had nothing to do with like sports, right? It was just a Fortnite gameplay clip. The guy shoots a basketball. So it's a, it's a shooting game, but, um, he, he's on this building and shoots like a 50 foot shot on the map or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it goes in and people went crazy. Um, so it, it really had nothing to do with sports and it it was, had two and a half million videos. Okay. So you can, you think you can inch out into these. these Yeah. And and there's, there's other moments too, right? So like sometimes when we talk about the influencers, like there's this one influencer named Jimmy. Um, Tetro, who um, he po- he made this video of like that feeling when your phone's about to drop into a pool and, and be broken, mm-hmm. and and that video was the same. It's been a year, so maybe the numbers are, sound a little lower, but it had one and a half million video views, like ten thousand comments, and people are sharing it amongst mm-hmm. their friends. So we're always going to be rooted in sports, but I think at, at the end of the day, we want to be. If you want to be more than that, you, we we want to be able to amplify youth culture. Yeah. And you get sent a lot of stuff. Yeah, I get a ton. 500 DMs a day. Okay. And sometimes from athletes. I think that's the most, like when you talk about all-star, like some of those all-stars have sent in clips to have okay. highlights that they want to be featured. And and it's not always clips that they want. They It's of them. It's of themselves. It's cool videos that they see right. on the internet. And they're like, hey, I think you should post this. I think this is a really but good But regular clip. people do. I mean, like, I think mm-hmm. it was like what you guys had like drive-by dunk thing this yeah, summer, right? Yeah, we started the drive-by dunk challenge this summer. Um, we also started the running man challenge. So the guys that ended hey, up explain on, the drive by dunk. So all it is, is you, um, you run around your neighborhood and you dunk on every rim that that's posted up. Okay. Um, and it, it, that, that one was crazy because I, I knew at that point I kind of knew that we were able to kind of start movements. Um, so when that one happened, I was already getting ready for the, so when, when we talk about 500 DMS a day, like I know it's going to become 700 when, when that challenge starts because everyone's going to be trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone's trying to do the Steph Curry, the thing. Curry challenge too. Yeah. So, so that one, that was a cool campaign that we did with Under Armour um, where um, we saw there's that patented move that Steph Curry does, but pregame where he does like a Euro step and then throws the ball 50 feet in the air and then it goes in. Um, so we kind of saw that opportunity 
and made, you know, four or five videos around the, the Curry challenge. And, and that, you know, that, that became a huge moment. Steph was asked about it um, by reporters. That would became a big Twitter moment. It went Bleacher Report posted on their Twitter. It had, I don't even know how many retweets, but it, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, like, one of the videos that when we talk about using influencers, like, we use an influencer for one of the Curry Challenge videos, and it had 2.8 million video views. And according to Brand Tail, it was the most viewed sponsored video in 2017 in all of Instagram. So let's talk about the business side a little bit. Um, you, obviously, you got a ton of engagement. That's mm-hmm. like the the number one thing, and and you got a brand, and that's the probably this number one thing too. And then there's a question about how you introduce. Usually, it's ads into it. Mm-hmm. How are you thinking about that in order to not have? Because, you know, if people don't like it, they're coming after Omar in yeah, the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so far, we've done a good job of that, right? Because we have we have an editorial board for House of Highlights. So that includes me, myself, and a few other people. So we, whenever something comes in, we kind of look at it from a million different angles and say, you know, does this one really make sense? So I don't think we're going to try to partner with every single brand, only brands that make sense and, and that want to kind of join in that conversation and make cool content with us. So it's, we're, we're not, we're not chasing dollars. We're, we're trying to make the right decisions right now. Okay. So it's specific brands for now, like, like Under Armour and Jordan and, and those kind of ones that, that, that makes sense. Very clearly line up, mm-hmm. you know, not so much tied yet. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, listen, I, I think if there's smart ways to integrate it and, and work together with certain brands, like there's there's ways to do it. I think that's my job to figure out when that when that brand comes in. Is there a smart way to do this? Okay. Omar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening. This podcast is produced by Aditi Sangal. If you liked our show, and I hope you did, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And also a reminder about Digiday Plus. This is our membership product where you get our magazine Invites to exclusive member events, access to our Slack community, and original research. Our next event is with USA Today. To find out more, visit digiday.com, where you'll find Digiday Plus tab on the menu bar. Digiday Plus is a mere $395 a year, but if you want a 25% discount, enter the code PODCAST at checkout. Thanks again. See you next week. Thank you.